This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by PayPal. These days, choices are everywhere. Like, for instance, the milk in your coffee. Would you like it from a cow? A nut? A tree? Everyone wants options. And now your customers have a new option in the way they pay. With PayPal in person. Just generate your unique QR code in the PayPal app for them to scan. And start accepting PayPal in person today. Learn more at paypal.com slash US slash get QR code. Hello and welcome to the Washed Up Emo Podcast. I am Tom Mullen from WashedUpEmo.com. Today, we welcome Dylan Mathiason from Tiny Moving Parts. We talk about his latest record, Swell, his horrible prediction for the Vikings. I apologize, Dylan. I left them in. Uh, growing up in Minnesota, learning from the last 10 years as a band, and how long did it take before the band started nerding out with Jay Robbins when they worked on a record together? Uh, Dylan hung out with me in the office in New York City, so it's a great, great conversation, not on the phone. And I want to say, I think he smiled the entire time. Not bad for a supposed emo band, huh? All right, go listen to Swell, go see Tiny Movie Parts when they come to your town, and thanks to everyone that picked up the book, Anthology of Emo. If you haven't and want to find it, anthologyofemo.com has stores online, Amoeba in LA has it, isn't that insane? And thank you to the Patreon supporters. Really, really appreciate it. This is episode 122 of the Washed Up Email Podcast with Dylan Mathiason from Tiny Moving Parts. Send applause to your heartstrings! Uh, Dylan, thanks for being on the podcast. Dude, thanks for having me, Tom. Awesome. Heck yeah. Dude, 10 years as a band. <laughs> it's been 10 years, yeah. Does it feel it? Uh, no, not really. I mean, like, Matt, Billy, and I, we, we're still just, like, having just as much fun, if not more, like, nowadays than when we started. So, no, it doesn't. It's just going by. I guess, like, having fun goes by quick or whatever the, the term is. Speaking of having fun, <laughs> the Vikings... Um, you guys growing up in Minneapolis or sorry in uh, Minnesota? Correct. Yeah, it's a place called Benson, Minnesota, and it's like two and a half hours like southwest of the cities. So yeah, close enough, I guess. And so being from a small town, it must have been interesting, sort of getting into music and learning about things. How did you find out about music? Honestly, I would say like MySpace was the biggest thing for us. Oh, totally. Um, you know, because like when we first got our instruments, we were like. 11 or 12 years old like billy got a drum set and matt and i were just like we want to like play guitar that'd be so cool yeah. and and then we got into bands like you know like blink 182 some 41 and stuff like that you know like that we'd see on like trl and you know just on mtv and stuff and and then once we got like our first desktop like both our families got desktops and got the internet mind-blowing yeah mind-blowing what is this futuristic stuff <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah, and then basically we just started surfing the web, went on MySpace, heard that, and then just started finding all these bands and just kind of went from there, you know. And so, 
I don't know where we'd be without like yeah without that. So who who told you about some of the bands? Like, was there anybody? Like, was it a, was someone like a friend in high school or middle school that was like, you got to check out this? And then you, because you know that one band you hear and you just go on, like <laughs> yeah, it just yeah. sparks you. Was there one band that like that was it? Like it was always almost like a competition with Matt, Billy, and I, like who can find the coolest thing that day. You really? Know? Like, like so it was like we didn't know that was actually like helping us out for the future or for you know for finding our sound and what or whatnot you know with our band. But, um, yeah, I mean, one band that I think Billy came across, or maybe I did, I, I, it was so long ago, but uh, The Fall of Troy was, like, huge for us. Like, that was... Which know, record? Uh, literally, like, Doppelganger. Anything from, like, even, like, the Ghost Ship demos were great, and they're self-titled. I was the marketing for Doppelganger at EVR. Oh, were you really? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you remember the Guitar Hero? They were on Guitar Hero? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. FCP Remix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those kind of moments, like you said, like MySpace or catching those moments where those songs were mm-hmm. because a lot of stuff wasn't curated or wasn't as stagnant or as uh, split up as it is now. Like, yeah, yeah. It was only a few places. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty few limited. Stevens Untitled Rock Show. Yeah, oh, I love that too. That was, that was a big, uh, that's where we found a lot of bands eventually. Yeah, so, which yeah. was huge. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So I think for like for Fall of Troy, like for you to find out about them, like that was probably from one of those things, like a video you saw, yep. or it wasn't like you just randomly saw it. No, no, no. Yeah, exactly. I had to do some like little research, and but yeah, dude, like that's crazy. That just blew my mind. <laughs> Such a good song. Such a good video. Oh yeah, yeah. And one thing that's so cool too was like, like our high school coronation. You know, like. We we're like 16 years old. We like we played that FCP remix at like our you know like kind of like our prom thing. Please tell me there's video. And I I think there is, but like I didn't sing it. We had like a good friend, Ross Benjamin. He he, he ended up doing it just for that because I always thought like oh that that Tom Eric he can sing high. I can't sing that high, you know, or something, <laughs> you know. And I was like nervous and so uh, but it's so crazy. So we we played that at the high school coronation and then like was it like a couple years ago we or about a year and a half ago I think we uh. We actually got went on tour with the Fall of Troy, like in Europe. No way! And like that, like finalizing that tour, like just we're oh, just like so we couldn't bad. believe it. And and the last show, like I brought up to like Tom Eric, I'm like, yeah, we played your guys' song at Coronation, and he's like, you still know it? And I'm like, I'm like yeah, I think so. You know, I pretty much, I know the intro and like certain parts. <laughs> and uh, we had Billy play drums, and then Tom actually played bass and sang, and then I played guitar. And I was just like, on the last show of tour, I think we were. Uh, Birmingham so in the UK. Rad. Yeah, and I was like, dude, I'm losing my shit right now. This is amazing. And just like telling my like 15-year-old self like someday you'd do that was just like, oh my. I couldn't I there's no way I'd believe it, you yeah. know. It's crazy. It's cool. So you guys would all compete on trying to find the right bands and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and like other bands through that time like we found like like Me Without You and Thursday and I think that was like almost during like the LimeWire days, you know, just like, you know, gotta find a way somehow um but um yeah and yeah i think like just the internet like that helped a lot so what was the what was it about punk rock um i i that's a good question um it just i don't know it just like just connected right off the bat like it was like i could see my you know parents and like friends not liking it but it made you almost like it more in a way and you just felt connected and um yeah, I don't know. It just, it just. Were you going to shows too then? Well, that's the thing because we live like two and a half hours away, and 
Because Minneapolis got shows. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Especially, especially when like the Triple Rock was a thing too. Like that just closed down like a month ago, and that's a bummer. Um, but yeah, Minneapolis is great for shows, and uh, like you know we're from a small town of like three thousand people. So like our parents like they worry about us like still Driving to this day far. about like oh if you go to Minneapolis you're gonna get like robbed it's scary there you know you don't you know <laughs> just stay here in our small town and you know so like uh, yeah eventually as we got older like our first like real show was like that we actually enjoyed going to um, was like the Fall of Troy Terramelos oh good uh, tour. I think the Deer Hunter and Foxy Shazam at the Triple Rock and that was like. I knew right, like, we all knew right there, like, this is a huge moment in our lives. Like, we got to pursue this band more. Like, we got to keep, you know, this is like our dream to kind of do that. How was that know? decision between everybody? Because, you know, it's a big thing to put on hold a yeah. lot of other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it was one thing, like, we, like I have an older brother, and uh, he started loving, like, the Fall of Troy and Terra Mellos, too, like, like Matt, Billy, and I did. And uh, we just kind of like almost like begged our parents, like, "Come on, like, even Mitch, brother Mitch, loves them too. Can we please just go to the show?" And then, uh, yeah, and then they're like, "Okay, yeah, you can go, yeah, and just come back later after the show." And we went to it, and it was just like absolutely incredible. Like to this day, like I'll never forget that. It was so cool. That's cool. Yeah. How about for all of you guys, like being able to decide to do the band? Um, like, like what was the, those kind of? Because you took a leap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. Um. Yeah, we just always, we knew it's what we wanted to do. And I think, like, that show was kind of like, this is, we just knew right there, like, this is it. This is what we want to do. We want to play shows, constantly go on tour. We literally, like, um, after high school and stuff, we all went to college. Like, Billy and I went up by, like, Fargo, North Dakota, and and Matt lived in uh, Alexandria, Minnesota, which is, like, a couple-hour drive. It's not too far. And uh, we knew we just, like, college wasn't really our thing. Like, a couple of us, like, graduated and stuff, but, like, we... You know, we knew like music was like the main thing. So we always like made like little goals and like always played like a lot of lo- like local shows like in Fargo and stuff and just built our like fan base from the ground up. And uh, we didn't really think past of uh, like doing a full US tour in basements. Like that was like literally our like that was like our shot. Like that was what we wanted to do. We didn't think anything past it. So like to this day, like playing like small like clubs and like you know like shows selling out and stuff is like this is all like almost like bonus points for us like it's so cool so so during that time though and i've talked i talked about this a lot like that time period 2008 was pretty nutty warp tour was kind of nutty <laughs> yeah, yeah like yeah. all those kind of bands what as you that age me is working in i was working at evr mm-hmm. and i was kind of frustrated i'm like this isn't what i came into punk rock for like all these bands kind of like how did you guys what did you guys see and how did you kind of still think of doing a basement show versus you thinking we're going to be, you know, yes, you want to be successful, but it wasn't like you just wanted to play. Yeah. I mean, like, what was that? Like you saw those bands, like did it, was it like, what did you think? Yeah. Yeah. Like there's like a fine line between like being influenced by a band or just completely ripping them off, you know, things like that. And Um, not to naming bands, but like you're in that age where you were, that could have been something you wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, thankfully, like, Matt, Billy, and I are just all about being, trying to be as original as possible, you know? And, like, I feel like that's what, like, a lot of, you know, music in general is kind of lacking sometimes, you know? Um, so we always just wanted to be as original as possible, just kind of do our own thing. And, uh, you know, if it works out, it works out. And we're all, like, happy doing it no matter what. Like, yeah. Playing, like, literally playing shows and constantly touring. 
we want to do it as much as possible. Like, I can definitely see why, like, some bands, you know, break up or, like, it's just not their thing throughout the years of touring. But, like, with us, we just want to keep doing it as much as possible. Because, like, even when we're home, like, Matt, Billy, and I, we still hang out, like, all day, every day. Like, watching cops, like, in their basement or, like, just some, like, just yeah. TV and, and, uh, so we're like, might as well be going on tour and actually like, you know, doing what we love. And like, it's like a, it's like a win-win across the board when we're like playing shows, you know? What about the, you know, the term emo revival? Like, how has that been a curse and also a blessing for the band? Uh, I mean, for the most part, it's cool. Just like, there's some bands that like some like smaller emo bands that, started getting more attention because of this whole emo revival wave that came through, you know? So, like, that's great. Like, any cool person who plays cool tunes, like, you got to love them getting attention, you know? And uh, that's, like, the that's all I really feel about that. I mean, like, we get called emo all the time, but I feel like, you know, like, all music's kind of, you know, emotional in, in a sense, you know? Like, if it, if it hits you, you know, hits you in the feels, then, like, that's great and, like... Because every song we write, we want to make sure you connect. Like, I, like I'll write the lyrics about like, kind of, kind of vaguely, like almost like giving you the the paintbrush and you can paint the picture yourself. But it's about like specific things. So you know, it's like a it's a win win. Like everybody connects, and it just feels natural to write that way because it feels good for Matt, you know, Matt Billy and I to to do that. Yeah. So, yeah. Because it's interesting, like the what happened. You know, like there was so much like press and like people talking about it yet i saw it as these kids went into the basement and were playing loud punk rock and they weren't like trying to do anything they were trying to make their own noise exactly yeah yeah and you can tell it's like real like raw like emotional music like it's that's why like people that's why it got such a buzz because like people connected with it and it's so you can tell the difference yeah i can i hear a band and i'm like mailing it in or god bless whoever made the music but you just there's a difference yeah yeah, yeah. i don't know why no no I, I i completely agree with you yeah did you guys know that you were sounding like stuff from the 90s did you have any idea when did someone tell you that some like we were getting when we released this couch is long and full of friendship like in 2013 like five years ago um people started saying like it was before we did that much open tuning stuff we had like a couple songs on it. I was like just getting into it, and um, yeah, some people were saying you, you guys remind me of American football, or you know, like just bands like that. And I'm just like, I Matt Billy and I, we never like listened to that stuff before. And then I would we try it on, and we're like, oh, I could I could see that. I mean, it's like beautiful sounding stuff, and uh, it's just I love that. Yeah, yeah. So it's like we literally did not know of like cap and jazz and all that stuff until like it was brought up to us that we may sound like or have a similarity i fucking with that love stuff. that it's yeah. funny uh jake ewald said the same thing oh like, really he was yeah. just like i didn't like maybe he was like maybe one or two or if i'm paraphrasing correctly like yeah. but he was just like someone told me after but that said to me that there was something to that era of angst yeah. that had a little more oomph to it or not oomph, but more like there's something more to it that it it lived on yeah yeah, like, I guess, like, yeah, with modern baseball and stuff, I guess we just carried a torch in a way, maybe. I don't yeah. know. Like, it's just, we're just doing what feels right, and we didn't realize that, uh, you know, these things were happening before us, but But that's how it so comes cool. out. That's how it comes out, that earnestness of, like, you guys are just doing it. It wasn't like, 
you were like, okay, well, everyone sounds like a pop punk band, so let's just yeah, do yeah. this when that probably would have been really boring pretty quick. Yeah, 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 exactly. And going back to like trying to be original, yeah. you know, like <clears throat> this sound that we're doing, you know, like we we just thought like it just it just feels right, everything we do. Like we try not to if something sounds slightly like something uh, we just were like, oh, we got to scratch that or change that chord or something. Like, we never were like a four chord punk band, you know, or anything like that, but, you know, which we completely like and stuff. But um, are you conscious about trying to break out of having the emo term? Because I think Tanner from You Blew It kind of wrote all that stuff about how it was kind of like a detriment. And I yeah. think it's interesting for a band because like a sorority noise that wrote like an amazing record like i don't want it to be marginalized because it was given some genre when if another genre is highly it's like i i call it the comedy of oscars like yeah. comedy's never respected at the oscars yeah it's always the drama it does like for some reason have like a almost like a sour like feel to it almost or like some people just don't like the term emo because it does sound kind of silly emo yeah know? but like i don't know like it I can see why it bothers a lot of bands, but with us, I feel like we're just going with the flow. Like, we're just going to write how we write and just whatever feels right, you know? I think, too, the fans know when you do that, they're going to stay with you. Yeah. Like, doing your own thing. Yeah, yeah, Like, I think, like, if the, the they will stick with you throughout versus, like, well, they're not going to sound like this anymore. I'm not going to go support them. Yeah. Like, I felt like some of those bands that are the mid 2000s bands are having trouble now when it's their new record because <laughs> yeah. everyone just wants the hit. Yeah. When sometimes when you have a whole catalog, I feel like it's a different vibe. Exactly. Like some people could like try too hard, like in a bad way, like trying to find like the hit, Oh, we got to write banger after banger. And it's like, I mean, that's, you know, to a certain extent, you got to have a little bit of a mentality like that, but it, you can't forget the purpose of why you're in the band in the first place. So yeah. just, you know, like, we, you know, like it, we still like, we love playing shows and we love interacting with people talking before and after shit, like sets, you know, and um, just making music and recording music. Like we love it all. So like, we're just going to keep on keeping on, you know? Yeah. What are, did you, after someone told you, you sounded like the old school bands, were there other ones that clicked that you didn't know beforehand that you um, loved or liked? Hmm. I mean, you said American football, American football and cap and jazz. And then like, and uh, I don't. I, really, realistically, I think like those two bands are kind of the ones that we got super into. Like we got like considered to be like similar to a little bit. But and, even uh, personally, you listening, like not necessarily people telling you, but like did yeah. was there bands that you got into that? Um, well, yeah, I mean, like bands like like Me Without You and Thursday were like huge for us. Like that, those are like still like some of our favorite bands ever. And then like diving more into like the the emo like diy almost like scene stuff like like algernon cadwallader and snowing those two bands like they're still so badass like we still listen to them all the time and i couldn't believe it when i heard them yeah i was like wait a minute (laughs) there are bands that sound like this and they're kids i lost my mind yeah 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 Yeah, it's so cool and it was so well done yeah yeah oh it's awesome and it's like taking a step back and like listening to like like snowing for an example like one of our favorite bands and like i could see why some people that's not their cup of tea uh it gets like almost like you know the vocals are kind of like yelly at parts and like maybe some things don't like even sound on pitch you know but like but like people like you and i could like see like the rawness and like the real emotion like that is like 
boom, like connected right away with it. So like, just those bands are sick. Like, still like Algernon, like one of our the tunings we use. Um, uh, we I learned from like an Algernon song. Oh, cool! Yeah, because I'm like, oh, that intro. Like the song's like Spit Foundation, I think. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And like the intro riff, I'm like, oh, that's that's a nice riff. So I like looked up a tab and I saw the tuning, and then I just started playing in it. I'm like, oh, this is, I don't know. And then now like a lot of our song, like half our songs are in that, which is cool, you know. So that's cool. Huge influence, like from those bands. Yeah. Any yeah. other are the any other from that era? Um, from the from. All like oh nine ten uh, like I, I mean like cheapers I mean like like nineteen ninety four was like I saw a couple of those shows like we went to this festival at Mac Rock Festival in um, Harrisonburg Virginia yeah. I went to the first ten years of it oh did you really yeah oh that's sick we, yeah, like, it was crazy it was I still have every booklet from the first 10 years because they would give you a booklet of where the shows were and all the things and the house shows that's right yeah yeah it was so much fun so awesome we yeah because first place i saw get up kids really was there um fugazi it was hot water like crazy coheed that's really cool that's awesome so so what year did you guys play it gosh i don't remember what year but i remember uh, it was probably like my second year of college so 2000 11 uh, probably 2011 or 12 okay. i think um but we had i mean the lineup was yeah 1994 snowing algernon and then the stage we played on we played like first or second of like the 10 bands and pianos come the teeth played no way and like that like that's a band we all love too yeah and, like, we're just like dude we literally we didn't know we never booked a tour or anything before at that time so we drove from <laughs> Like Fargo, North Dakota to Harrisonburg, Virginia. Are you like kidding? Twenty some hours. We rented like we had a keyboard player at the time. Like he just did, he had like two different synths. Uh, Davis, he's awesome guy. I miss him. Um, he we borrowed like his dad's truck and hauled all of our gear like on a trailer. Just went there. That's you know? so cool. Yeah, we're like we're gonna lose so much money off How it. Did but you get who booked cares? On we gotta it. do it. I think I was on. I think I don't know if it's Facebook or I just saw like. Well, MacRock had like submissions. Yeah. They're like, yeah, just submit here. And I submitted our Moving to, Move to Antarctica EP, which was like one of our first stuff we've done. And not thinking we'd ever get picked up. Uh, they messaged back. And that hey, was a self-release. It wasn't like a label. Yeah, yeah. We had like no no hype, no nothing. And they, um, yeah, they enjoyed it. And they're like, yeah, you guys want to play the show? And we're like, yeah, that'd be great. So we all just went and yeah. That's like so rad. No regrets at all. It was so special it was just really cool mac rock was where the bands would play before cmj or before south by southwest like oh, okay, it yeah. was always like so many like math rock like math rocky kind of bands too like yep, it was yep. so it was such a cool spot yeah no that was random house show like yeah absolutely like like after show house shows and uh yeah just a really really cool thing are That's they cool. doing that stuff anymore i was just thinking about it yeah. you were telling <laughs> that story i'm like i think they might have done it last year but i can't remember if it happened or not but huh. god for like 10 straight years i was like all about it like, yeah that was a cool thing it was one of those like again off the beaten path like but still it was so well curated like yeah, you yeah. were like oh my god there's this show and then this and then this so so much fun it's kind of like it's kind of like fest in florida yeah. where it's like constantly things going on after shows many shows uh just good vibes all around like we played uh before the day before the our like our set we uh met up with some people who hosted us because i think 
MacRock had like a staff of you, you know, know you just get, kids in college houses like yeah you can stay with us well, that's how it is you get paired yeah. with people to stay at their house it, yeah it's so awesome and like they got in touch and uh they're just like hey uh if you guys come a day early would you want to play like our backyard we're gonna do a little sh- like day show we start at noon and we're like yeah that sounds so cool we want to play as many shows as we can making this trip yeah and, uh, so we play in the backyard and like it was just it was just great such like a just, good vibe there too. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, did you it. smell the dog food? Did you smell <laughs> dog food? I don't remember. Do you know there's a dog food factory that's nearby? Oh, is there and really? Certain times you get a whiff of the dog food. <laughs> you didn't know that? <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> oh my gosh! It smelled pretty good. Or no, no, it did not. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. What have you learned the last ten years? Like, what is uh, like? I mean. Not just, yeah, we've had a great time, and it's been, but like, is there anything that you know you really felt like? Because you guys are veterans, if you think about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I guess so. I never, I never really thought about it like that, but uh, ten years is quite some time, I guess. But um, no, I mean, just being a good person, you know, like is super important. Like even a little thing like holding the door open for someone, or like saying please and thank you and like just little things that seem like it's almost meaningless is like the complete opposite i feel so um just always being yeah just try to be the best person you can and uh as like kind of you know almost sounds corny but it's true like just be nice don't be a don't be an asshole and yeah uh respect treat how you want to be treated and yeah that's kind of like the big thing i guess was there anything that you wish you knew like back then um as you started was there anything you like you were like not regret, but more of like, oh, that would have been cool if I knew that. Uh, nothing comes to mind, really. Like, we're really satisfied of how everything's gone so far. Cause, like, well, I mean, you guys doing it DIY at the beginning, too. Like, not necessarily anything negative, but like, oh, I'd wish I'd known that this is how the promoter worked and this was this thing. And then I learned yeah. it after that one time. Or, you, you know, you kind of learn yeah. things along the way. I mean, I guess there's like points when we're like during the DIY days where we'd play house shows. <clears throat> And like they would charge like ten bucks, and they would get they we were starting to get into like guarantees like oh you're gonna get guaranteed a hundred bucks this night and we're like holy crap a hundred bucks that's so cool, and then we'd like do the math and be like shit you know like wait a second like <laughs> if there's ten bucks that means ten people have to be here and I feel like there's like eighty to a hundred some feet like you know and it's like maybe things like that where it's like we learn from it I guess yeah, but like no, it's that's funny totally you know? one yeah yeah. Um, you guys are doing the math at the show. Yeah. You're like, we're like, there's a lot of people here. Wait a minute. Yeah. Like, there's... as you're jamming, you're like, <laughs> fuck. <Yeah. laughs> no, no, that's funny. But, uh, yeah, no, like, we're really happy how everything kind of organically came. Like, you know, when we we booked, like, our first full DIY tour uh, when we released this couch is long and full of friendship, and we booked 40 days originally. But we wanted to go to to South by Southwest, like the unofficial showcase. Yeah, yeah. And uh, played some house shows there. So we wanted to do that. So we added like two more weeks to it. Like in the middle of tour, we just like last minute booked another couple weeks. And, uh, you know, like we just released the record like a few days before we left for tour. And that was when like uh, the ball started rolling, I'd say. Like people started – like we just put it up on Bandcamp and – People started downloading it and just saying like, "Oh my gosh! Like this is this is sick! Like this is never heard of this time moving parts band," and and then throughout the show is like it was at the point where like, "Oh wow, we're like 
getting just enough to like break even, like going from city to city with gas. And then we had like a breakdown in, in North Carolina. So we had to miss like all of our Florida shows. And it was like about, it was about a week we were stranded there. And then uh, with all like the, with the breakdown and like all that going on, we still came home from the like basically two months of touring to breaking even, like coming home. And like that was when we thought we made it. Holy crap. Like, we technically did like a 60 day vacation for free, you know, and like all the shows were sick. And that was when like people started coming out, like 20 people maybe. And like five of them would be singing along. Wow. And like, that must've been so cool. That was like, yeah, starting to see the growth of that. Like, well, that, like that kid last night sang along and like, just that connection was like, whoa, it was, that was kind of like the start of that. I would say. And like, that was, that was huge for us. And just, we just knew we wanted to keep on doing, you know, keep on keeping on with it and connecting you know how has it been with internet obviously being such a huge part you talked about myspace which yeah, is yeah. what it was and then it's obviously whatever the next thing is the social mm-hmm. and the attention span and i know i still think it doesn't matter what era there's always an attention span it just happens to be the internet at this time it could yeah, be a yeah. book it could have been whatever this is obviously such a crazy thing because of they're on us all the time and they're mm-hmm. constantly dinging us mm-hmm. as a band today how has that been with like, you know, people or interacting? Because you 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 got to keep up. Yeah, yeah, you got to. <laughs> yeah, because you're right about the attention span stuff. Like, people can just like care for one month and then see ya. You know. Um, yeah. I How don't have know. you adapted? How have you sort of have you thought about it? That yeah, way? like we definitely think. Oh, we haven't posted on Instagram in like a few days. Maybe we should do something about it. You know, and it's kind of weird because like. At a, in a way, you're like, oh, that shouldn't matter, but in a way, it does. So you just got to keep keep it going, um, and just find that balance, you know. Like, because without the internet, like, we'd be nowhere. I feel, you know, because like that word of mouth through that, like, totally through the social. Network I love and it. Stuff. I'm not talking bad on it because I, yeah, yeah, God, me getting to hear Aldrinon and then talking to a band I'm obsessed with, and it's all on Twitter. It's like, yeah, kill, like, hello, yeah, t- yeah. Tell my 15 year old self. That I'm going to use this thing I've never heard of and yeah, like yeah. talk to someone. Yeah, no. So it's still that same feeling. Yeah, it's so sick and like, uh, so yeah, the internet it could be a great place, you know. And um, yeah, when we did a couple of years ago, we, we were on tour with uh, we were on tour with Modern Baseball, um, and Jeff Rosenstock and I think then Pup, and um, we had a day off some some week into the tour, and like uh, Max Bemis from Say Anything like sent just saw like, a couple nights ago. Oh, I just saw him last yeah. night. Oh, you saw it last so night? So sick. Is a real boy in full. So Sunday sick. was cool, too. He did the self-title, which was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that was It was yeah. so much fun. Uh, <laughs> gosh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So Max Bemis was there. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. But, yeah, so, like, but, yeah, with, like, the internet thing, like, like Max, like, Max, like, sent a Twitter DM to, like, our band account and just, like, hey, um, I'd like to have uh, contact with Dylan about doing some guitar stuff and, and like, you know, without the internet, who knows if like, say, if I would have heard her say anything, and vice versa, if you exactly, know, and, and then, connection was made exactly. Then a couple weeks later, flew out and did some like songs for, or just like some background stuff for a couple of the songs on the, the latest record, and like that's just absolute crazy. Like that's so awesome, yeah. And it's just so that's where it's like the internet can be kind of you know it can be it can be an incredible thing you know like you know what I love like about that. your Instagram account <laughs> what? is how much you're smiling. <laughs> Yeah. I love it. 
I'm serious. Oh, thank I you. Was like, Thanks, Tom. I was scrolling last night. I was like, Dallas fucking happy dude, man. I like this. <laughs> Dude, thanks, man. Appreciate it. I also like all the uh, sports stuff. We talked about we talked about Vikings a little bit. I know you're yeah. stoked. Oh yeah, yeah. I can't believe it. So growing up, I grew up in Vermont, which is a northern state, which like basketball, hockey was king. Was mm-hmm. that the same pl- same thing for you guys? Uh, for like yeah, high I mean, school, like was like the hockey and the basketball kids. Well, from like our small town, it was mainly yeah, like hockey's cool, football, basketball. I mean. They're all kind of like similar, but I'd say hockey was like kind of the, the coolest, the coolest one. The kids know? in our high school, the hockey kids were the coolest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had long hair, you know, just like just fucking kind of buff, huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like <laughs> us kid, like, like I'd be wearing like colored jeans and just like I'm like, oh, I'm I'm so not cool right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, but no, like we we love golfing. Like we went did high school golf and like that. that was, that was fun, but that was like definitely not like a cool sport. Like no one gave a shit about yeah. if you play golf or not. But like I'm so happy I did that because like still can I'll golf the rest of my life now. You know, yeah, like, you can. It's good for business meetings. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Uh, but then you know growing up and like i loved a lot of the posts you guys were at sporting events like yeah. how is that is that like i take sports as like a nice non-music i call it non-music like okay. watching soccer on saturday mornings is like i don't have to think about music and i think it's good to get away from get it, it for yeah a like a nice outlet to like do something else with your time and is that how you guys have? I mean, you were yeah. you guys were at the timberwolves game yep, yep you guys were you know a couple guys you said were at the vikings game yep yeah, what yeah, is that yeah. like? Do you guys just is it tickets that people just happen to have or? Um, well, I mean, like going back to what you, like how you said it's like kind of like your outlet to like get your mind off things. I feel like that's exactly how we are too. Because like in high school, you kind like we were like almost like the pretentious kids. Like, oh, screw sports! Everybody loves sports, so we don't want to like it, you know. And then you get older and you realize like that's cool that this whole state like has a care for like a same thing you know <laughs> totally. and it's like and then like pride so, yeah exactly so like throughout the years like we started liking it more and more but i would say like this year now we're all like hardcore vikings fans and like love the timberwolves and like it's just oh dude, yeah and the wild minnesota town. wild like, yeah minnesota wild's doing good yeah yeah and it's just like it's exciting and it's just it's just fun like we're finally seeing like the the fun and the community with it and it's just cool you know it's yeah, great. there's like a camaraderie and it's something to I don't know, there's so much crazy shit going on. Like Yeah. You're at least stoked that night that, you know, the Timberwolves beat whoever and Exactly. Yeah. Like you could like be celebrating and like have twenty thousand people there like in the same boat be just as happy yeah. and like you're loud and it's just it's so it's cool. You know, we're finally seeing like why sports is a big deal, I guess. Yeah, yeah. it's fun. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. So, I mean, it's just funny, the especially to wintertime, like, there wasn't much to do, so it's like you, yeah. that's, you either watched it on TV with friends or you went. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, for sure. Like, this, this last winter of ours, too, was like, we didn't do anything. Like, we were supposed to go to Europe with, uh, with Knuckle Puck, but then it got canceled for, like, mental health reasons, which, like, that's obviously extremely important. Of so, like, that's, that's totally glad that happened. But, uh, so, like, Matt, Billy, and I, we just, we just stayed in Benson and just kind of just did nothing like there's nothing wrong with that yeah yeah like it was just it was like it was like a long winter but um yeah so like sports was like our thing we're like well the game's on tonight let's all go over here and you know drink some beers hang out and order pizza or something watch the game and it's just it's fun yeah it's cool you mentioned the mental health thing i think it's worth mentioning i talked with free throw i've talked with jake Mm -hmm. the guy from somos michael connor 
I think one thing that you guys in this era, you guys, you guys in this era spoke spoke openly more than any other was about this. Like a lot of times it was sort of swept under the rug. It wasn't really yeah. talked about. Why do you think why do you think that happened and do you think that I mean it's great to feel yeah. that everyone's open to say something and it's okay to say I'm bipolar and it's not like yeah. a stigma or whatever it is yeah. and you're taking care of yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's it's so important and why do you think that this era all of a sudden kind of spoke maybe it was happening but I feel like so many bands have sort of said I'm saying this out loud. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like maybe just a majority of people weren't like fully happy with themselves or like like maybe we're coming across like like when I was 20, I had like my first like legit like panic attack and, and it was on tour like in Baltimore at like a like a coffee shop. And like I straight up did not even know what a panic attack was or anything like that. I didn't didn't know this existed. I just literally like thought I lost my mind and like I was so scared and just like crying. And it was just it was a really bad deal. And and uh, yeah, then like we had a couple weeks left of the tour and it still kind of like lingered with me a little bit. Like I just didn't feel right. And. And uh, I ended up like going to the doctor after tour, and uh, he like prescribed me with some some medicine, and like, but uh, that's when I called my mom, and and she she's like, Dylan, I think like you just had like a panic attack, and then she kind of explained to me about it, and then she's like, I had them too in the past, and like, it was just like, oh, so I didn't like I did like have an awful panic attack, but like, you know, like you're not alone, kind of a deal. I'm like, oh, I didn't know this was a common thing. I literally thought I was just screwed, like I just something bad. Yeah. So like. I feel like maybe just like bands and like, like in our scene and stuff, it just kind of like, like made people more aware of that, which is like extremely important. Cause now it's like, like I feel more comfortable about anxiety and stuff. And I know like the fans and like bands and stuff like that have to feel the exact same way. Cause it's like, you're not alone kind of a deal. Yeah. So, so I feel like that's kind of just personal experience. Like me being scared shitless, you know, for like a long time, like now feeling better about it, you know? So I feel like that's gotta be like a big reason just, it's nice to get it out there. Just you know, it is important. So I just think it's interesting that that the there were so many bands, and I didn't really hear about it when I was listening to records. Yeah, like, yeah. it just wasn't like a focal point. It might have been an underlying lyric or something, but it wasn't like said out loud. Yeah, yeah. Maybe just kind of like hidden. Yeah. Have you thought about that at all? Like why so many bands were sort of that open about it? I don't know. I mean. I think they they learned. They learned from their parents that maybe weren't as open or maybe they and then sort of said, "All right, I want to." Maybe they're like more stricter back then. Like, "No, you're fine." And then you realize, "No, I'm not. I could be more fine if we talk about it or exactly. you know, like get it out." Yeah, there like kinda. like the communication part. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So so that's great at getting the word about, you know, getting it out there and just all about in the long run it's all about just helping each other out and and that's, you know, like with our band, like that's kind of our thing. We're just about like trying to live the best life we can kind of like, you know, shit happens. There's millions of bumps in the road, but you just got to, you're only on this planet once. You got to make sure you have a good life, you know, and just try to have fun. Try to look on the bright side of things. Yeah. So so let's talk about the new record. Yeah. Got to do it. The, your label manager just walked in. Hi, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> you want to say hi? <laughs> He's already been on. He's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh can you uh talk a little about the about the record um it's called swell yep. correct do you know why is it called swell so it's called swell because i talked about so your brain trying to ha- have like the 
basically like your cells, like your happiness and everything swell up in your head and become big and overcome like all your negativity, like your fears, doubts, and weaknesses and things like that. So kind of like how I just talked about earlier about just trying to be like positive and look on the bright side of things. So that's kind of like the whole the whole theme for the record is just trying to be optimistic in, in a dark place, I guess, or, you know, mm-hmm. in the bump of the road. Yeah. Is it, did, can you talk about a song on the record that took longer than you thought it would? Was uh, there one that yeah. that you were like... Jeez. Uh, well, like Warm Hand Splash, which we just released yesterday um, online, or today, today, this morning. Um, I feel like that song, like, took a while for some reason. Like, there's a lot of, there's, like, a lot of lyrics into it. So I just had to make sure to not, you know, bore the listener with, like, same vocal melody over and over again, or, you know, something like that, you know, yeah. make it interesting. Uh, and that took a while. And, like, that song's about, um, I use like a metaphor of like it's basically just losing someone you love kind of, you know, and um it's about being like a piece of trash in the bottom of a like a wishing well and uh like adoring like having a crush or you know like a falling in love with like a coin next mm-hmm. to you and then some like kid or someone just like takes it from it and it just talks about like finding that balance between like like you're obviously bummed that it's gone but you should be also like happy that it happened at all and you felt things you did so cool yeah um what happens or i'd say this another way what do you when do you know the song is done with everybody Uh, when we get finished it in the studio kind (laughs) of like we uh like we do you just demo on top of demo until you're in the studio well like i was in a band once like that every fucking day the guitar player would have a different ending and i'd be like can we just put the song to bed yeah do you guys have trouble with that not i mean (laughs) Honestly, we we really don't like we we just practice and just we'll write like a like a nice blueprint of the whole song and then we just kind of rewrite rewrite add lyrics fit everything together make sure it's like interesting the whole way through and uh, so we try our best to get everything completely done before we get in the studio because we go with our friend uh, Greg Lindholm he's from like a suburb outside of Minneapolis and uh, he's done like a basically all of our records except pleasant living so he like understands like our sound and like you know the direction we want to go so uh we just want to kind of you know cross all the t's dot all our i's before we get in the studio and then hearing what he has to like his opinions like his two cents also like we just kind of like weigh it out and see like if it's worth changing things and uh but yeah so it's a, like a lot of rewriting before we're ever like fully satisfied with a song what would you tell a young band that was in that situation? Like, is it to not be as precious or to take criticism? Like, what was the what's the thing you learned? Kind of having someone tell you, I would say just yeah, just like go with your gut and just try, just try your best to not overthink it. Like, think things through, but try not to overthink it because it's really easy. You could have something amazing in front of you, but you could also destroy it by putting more time and effort, which is like the effort's actually, you know counteractive with it so 12 guitars later 12 yeah 15 <laughs> solos and just like 87 harmonies Dude, yeah i need to double this right now yeah yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> you just i need you to stay another 10 minutes yeah like yeah yeah but, um you worked with jay robbins on this correct yeah that was the the pleasant living that was the only record that our friend greg did not record so we went with jay robbins for pleasant living in 2014 what was that like that was great like He's done like yeah, the, the A to B life, me without you record, which I, Matt, Billy, and I we we love so much. 
Um, what did you nerd out with him when you first got there? Well, we did you punish him a little bit? Honestly, no. Like we almost come on, like, did dude. Like we were just we like. As the days we went on, we kind of like opened more, but we were more kind of like nervous, like, dude, this guy's a big deal. Like, I don't even want to like mess up a guitar note right now. Like, kind of like scared of us. But and it's so funny because he's such like a nice, like, such a nice, cool dude. And, uh, but we we're just like, like, we never been with someone else besides Greg to record us at that time. So we didn't, we didn't, it was just a whole different thing we weren't used to. Well, and uh, we didn't want to screw anything up. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's, what's comfortable? about working with greg and what should other bands look for feel for when they're with someone because you obviously trust him you've been doing a lot with him totally totally trust him um he just well a he's got an amazing like ear and he's just very he just he helps so much with vocal melodies and yeah you know other things like that but he's just really he's just amazing what he does like he's like we think he's like kind of like he's underrated like nobody really talks about him because nobody He's just not on the radar, really, with bands, you know, and that's, you know, it's no one's fault. But, um, yeah, just his, like, his studio is built in his garage, like, connecting to his house, basically. And so, like, us, since we're good friends, then we just stay in the basement, wake up in the morning. We'll, like, go play around round of golf. He's a good, great golfer. He's he's too good. It almost, like, pisses you off how good he is. <laughs> and, uh, but, yeah, and then we just record all day, and he's just, he's a cool, cool Minnesota dude. And he's got, like, these two dogs, like a Rottweiler and a Bernice Mountain Dog, Lola and Tucker, and they're just, like, so cool. It's just it's just fun. It's just, like, a fun environment. It's comfortable. And there's not much, like, there's not really, it's not, it's just not a stressful environment. Like, we feel, we feel good. So, I mean, granted, he's been our friend for many years, so, like, that helps a lot. It's all about being comfortable in the studio. Yeah. So, like, yeah. That's great. Uh, one of my favorites on the record, It's Cold Tonight. Oh, yeah, yeah. Talk about that one. That song was the last song we wrote for this for the record, um, and that was probably the most unfinished song I would say. Like uh, I've been getting like better at like using Logic at home and just like home recording, home demoing and stuff. And uh, I told Matt and Bill like we thought the record was all done already, and I'm like, dude, we got to do this this song. I have a couple lyrics to it, but we just got to do this. And uh, so I wrote like half of it. We kind of figured it out like I think the day or two before we went in the studio. It were all like super rusty and like super loosely kind of got it, but didn't. But like, I just told the guys like, trust me on this one. Like, this can be cool. And uh, thankfully they did. And we just recorded it and we're like, oh yeah, this turned out sweet. Like we, we love it. So. Oh, it's, it's called, it's too cold tonight. It's too cold. Sorry. Tonight. No, that's all good. I think I was cold when I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. No, that's cool. Yeah. It's yeah. Apologies. So. No, that's all right. No worries. Uh, anything else from the record you want to tell anybody? Mm, not, not really. I'm just, just really excited to put it out. Like waiting blows, but it is what it is, you know. And uh, yeah, I just, I can't wait to put it out. So, and the last thing is, there anything else that you want to do that you haven't done? Uh, just tour all over the world. Like, so you, so you want to hit other places you haven't been? Yeah, yeah. Like we want to go. Like we never been to Australia. Never been to Japan. Uh, we want to go to like South America or like China, just anywhere we can. Like just, we just want to literally go everywhere. So stay busy as much as we can. Yeah. Cool. Anything else you want to say? Or right, uh, give g- give us the uh, football predictions. Let's go. Oh, dude, we're gonna we're gonna go to the Super Bowl. Vikings. Wow. Are gonna so beat. you're not even giving a score for no, the semis. No, damn. we're gonna beat Philly. Okay. Uh, score. Yeah, that's gonna be probably 
21 to 7. They'll okay. get a lucky. So 21 7 Vikings. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. And then you've moved on to the Super Bowl. Who's we're gonna that go against? The, yeah, we're going to the Super Bowl. We're going to play the Patriots. Okay, the Patriots. And we're going to beat the shit out of Tom Brady. Really? I think so. I think so. So, so defensive game, or is it going to oh, be an yeah, offensive yeah. juggernaut? He's going to throw like seven pick sixes, and like we're just going to destroy them. <laughs> Sorry, Pats fans, but I, I just. Vikings got it this year. We're bringing it home, baby. <laughs> I like that. Uh, when's the next time the or more sports? When is the uh, when will be the first championship for the uh, Tim- Timberwolves with Carl? Oh, I uh, gosh, I don't know. The thing is with basketball, like no matter how far you go, you're sadly you're not going to beat Golden State. You can't. I mean, and then LeBron on the Cavs, like that's how great look- is LeBron losing four in a row? That's insane. He's so yeah. mad right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He this just seems lost- old. Yeah. Well, yeah, like well, he's like thirty-two or the, the team is the oldest average team. The really? Cavs. Oh well, but I mean, he still plays. He's still ridiculous. He's still, yeah. like, he's still the goat. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Who knows how far the T wolves? I mean, I love the T wolves. I love Jimmy buckets is the man. Uh, but oh, he's done so well for you. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, A little has been from the Bulls. He's like, all right, I'm gonna go over here. Yeah, screw it. I'm coming here, and dude, like everybody loves. Like we love Jimmy. So, who knows what's, what's going to happen it's with the T-Wolves, but right now the main focus is, you know, the Vikes. Bring it home, baby. I like that. Yeah. Skull. <laughs> thanks, Dylan. Yeah, thanks, Don. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it.